You're listening to the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. All right, let's get to it. Welcome to another edition of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. CJ Palmasano here. I am your host, and wow. <laughs> it's, you know, it's times like these where I sit back and I just say to myself that I love pro wrestling. It is, it, it is a time that we're in right now, which is the reason why I wanted to do this podcast which is why I got my why I got my forever my co-host Sean McChesney to be to do this podcast together. It's 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 times like right now, which is why I love doing this. It it is AEW, and I have AEW to thank for the amazing show they put on last Sunday. The talent that's coming in. That I I am so so excited for the dynamite show I'll be going to next week in uh, in the Prudential Center. I'm so excited. So without further ado, let's just get into this because we got a lot of shit to talk about. Um, first, I hope all you guys uh, enjoyed my interview with uh, undis- the uh, unified GTS heavyweight champion Philly Mike Swanson if you guys didn't check that out please go check that out that is from last week's episode my interview with Philly Mike Swanson's up on the podcast feed right now in your favorite podcast app thank you so much Philly Mike for coming on the pod so anyway let's get into uh AW all out let's where, where do we begin um I watched this, the show live I, I ordered the pay-per-view I had some friends over I had uh, two former guests of this podcast, my good buddy Nate Omeda and my buddy uh, Nick Fozzie Rosano. Um, funny enough, the, both my buddies, they look like they could pass as brothers, and <laughs> I've been trying to get these guys to meet for years. Second Nate walks in the room and goes to my buddy Fozzie. He's like, oh, yeah, he does look like me. So, <laughs> so it was a fun time. Uh, show opened up with uh, Miro and Eddie Kingston. That was a fun match. Um, then we had Britt Baker versus Chris Statlander. That was one of the better AEW women's matches I've seen in a while. Um, really big on Britt Baker. I love how she did the Panama Sunrise in the match, teasing Adam Cole, which we will get to later on. Um, you know, and I'm trying to see what else happened on the card here. I'm kind of, I'm, I'm kind of just going to jump around here, which is usually what I do in the pod. But let's let's get some time for this um, this this Young Bucks versus. Uh, Lucha Bros, Steel Cage match. So, I mean, a lot of people in AEW, the commentary team and the and the characters and everything, and I guess people online as well, they're revering that as the great, the greatest tag team match ever. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, I love. Don't get me wrong, I love the match, and it was my favorite match of the entire night. But I. Definitely will not. I will definitely say it is not the best tag match ever. I think probably the best tag match ever AEW has had is still to this day Omega and Page versus the Bucks, and then you could throw in FTR versus uh, versus um, uh, DIY or the Revival at the time, 
or you know, you know, Benoit and Angle versus Edge and uh, Mysterio. You know, those just a few as far as greatest tag team matches goes. Um, I love the match. I it was uh, it was. I, I learned like you know, my day job that apparently this thing was making more media headlines. A coworker of mine was asking me like, "Yo, there's a wrestler like who had like these eight thousand dollar pair of Jordans with him. He and he glued thumbtack. Yo, who is that?" And I had no idea how expensive these Jordan these shoes were because I'm not a big sneaker guy, but he is. And apparently, this 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 that, that spot where you know they're shove they're they're super kicking the Lucha Bros face and they're shoving their faces into Matt Jackson's uh, uh, Jordans was uh, made a lot more coverage than I thought it would. But the match itself is just it was insane. The the we knew it was going to be crazy if. For anybody, anybody who's seen their first two matches they had in AEW for, at Double or Nothing, and then at, uh, the first All Out in uh, 2019 in Chicago, they they had amazing matches, and this one it's it's up there. If I had to rank their best matches, it would for sure be the ladder match, um, and then this, and then uh, their Double or Nothing match. None of them are bad by any means, but they're just absolutely incredible. The Young Bucks and Lucha Bros, I I could watch them wrestle all the time. Um, and I noticed that I went, I'm trying to see here, I was saying it to uh, the guys that I think I only got one prediction wrong. So going through the card, I got, I said Miro, Britt Baker, um... Try to see here. Pull up the match card real quickly. I said Miro, Rip Baker. I said the Bucks. Um, I said Ruby Soho. Um, I said. Um, I know I said Omega. I said. Um, what else did I say here? Yeah, I'm pulling up the match card right now. Yeah, so I only got one wrong. I only got one wrong. I said the best friends and co, Eddie uh, Miro, Moxley, Britt Baker, Lucha Bros, Ruby Soho, Punk, Paul White, and Omega. I, the only one I got r- wrong was um, was Jericho. Um, Moxley and Kojima was a fun match. It was really cool to see. Um, really, really cool to see uh, Minoru Suzuki come out. They had a great match on Dynamite. Um, I could watch those guys fight for a long time. Um, Lucha Bros and the Young Bucks, man. Again, they they could fucking fight forever, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't mind. Um, I wasn't honestly out of all the matches, I was most unsure about that one because it could have gone either way. I was just trying to look at the the grand scheme of things, and that I think they were gonna at least have one title change. Excuse me, at least one title change. At this pay-per-view, there hasn't necessarily been a title change on a pay-per-view for AEW in quite some time. Um, I don't think there's been necessarily a title change, probably not since full gear as far as pay-per-views go. Because I don't think, well actually no, sorry, double or nothing. Double or nothing, we got Britt Baker winning the title. Um, But yeah, I mean the Young Bucks held tag titles for a long time. I was thinking to myself that either, because uh, I feel like Jungle Boy is definitely going to be prime for a 
big position in the near future. Uh, I thought if the Lucha Bros weren't going to win, then I think Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy would win the tag titles from them. But now I feel like Jungle Boy could win the title from Miro. I feel like Miro could rack up a bunch of wins, and then Jungle Boy could be the valiant underdog babyface who finally conquers the uh, the unbeatable TNT champion. I, I think that would be a really good story there. Um, the Women's Battle Royal, I don't have too much to say about it because while that was the match I decided to uh, cook for my friends, um, it was fun um, it, for the parts that I saw. I mean, I was very unsure about Ruby Soho winning. I took a total shot in the dark, and I got it right. Uh, I'm glad that she won. I loved Ruby Soho as Ruby Riot. Uh, you know, Heidi Lovelace, another former name of hers. I think that she really is a unique character, and she has a unique look to her. And it was really interesting to hear her uh, reactions to her reaction to the crowd reacting to her. She says she's never heard a crowd react like that to her before, and or, or chant for her, which I'm sure she did, but in in maybe like house shows or something. But I don't think it's I, I would have to, I don't think it's to that degree. You know, she was overjoyed. She was hugging Bryce Rensburg uh, after the match. So I'm really excited for Ruby Soho. I'm glad she got the rancid song, Ruby Soho. I mean, uh, Tony Khan's gonna share no spare no expense for for his talent. Um, yeah, that was a lot of fun. And uh, then let's get to Chris Jericho and MJF real quickly. Um, this is the one I got wrong. And honestly, I I'm not sure if I agree with the decision. Now, I understand building it up to this point. I understand building it up to Jer- to MJF and Jericho at the pay-per-view. I understand, but... see, I mean, seeing Jericho's uh, or MJF's promo from, from Dynamite the other night shows that, you know, even the loss won't really affect him. But I really feel like Jericho should have been, you know, he should have put MJF over. I, I mean, I guess he's not done retire- done wrestling, obviously, but he wasn't even seen on TV this week. I think it's because maybe Fozzie is touring. I think that's what's going on right now. Um, but the match was good. I liked it. I mean, I was. I mean, when he put his foot on the rope, and you know, I thought like, oh, oh man, this is great heat for MJF, and then he brings it back, and then okay, Jericho won. But it was fun. It was a good match. I mean, just again, like the, cr- the crowd made so many of these moments in these matches, and. MJF doing a, a fucking moonsault from the middle rope, uh, bouncing off the middle rope was impressive. Like he said, like I can do all the things that these guys do. I just choose not to do it. This goes to show that he's telling the truth. Um, so um, overall, I, I think MJF really should have been the one to win. I think he should have won, and he should have. It should have propelled him to be like you know I retired Chris Jericho, blah blah blah, and this and that, but. Well, I mean, time will tell, and I I, th- I still think they're going to be gearing up uh, MGF for a really really big uh, feud in the near future. Uh, next was Darby Allen versus CM Punk, and um, this is fun too, man. This is good. Um, it was slow in the beginning for me at first, um, but I still love that CM Punk returned to wrestling. It was still great to see him back in a wrestling ring. You know, wrestling with a guy like Darby Allen, it was it took some time, but you know, Punk found his bearings and he did an amazing job. Then Darby and Darby was the the the, the right opponent for Punk's first match. Um, I loved I loved it. 
it's just surreal to me that in 2021 we're talking about CM Punk having his first wrestling match in seven years in his hometown Chicago against one of AEW's biggest stars. And what is so crazy is that Punk wasn't even the main talking point coming out of that show. Then Paul White and QT Marshall had a match. It was about three minutes, and it was nothing, and eh, there you go. So, then we move on to the main event. Uh, Kenny Omega uh, versus Christian Cage for the World uh, AEW World title. This is another great, uh, really great, really fun match. Uh, Kenny Omega and Christian Cage have very good chemistry together. Uh, Christian Cage, I think, proves that he is a very underrated wrestler, and uh, it is a. I think it is a big deal that Christian is there. Um, he'll keep continue to keep showing why he is a a, a great great get for AEW. And I just think that, I mean, I'd love to see them wrestle more, but we're probably going to, you know, uh, Omega's beaten Christian at this point. They're one apiece against each other. Um, I am just, I was really impressed towards the end of the match with the one-winged angel off the top of the of the uh, turnbuckle, you know, and Christian was definitely not kicking out of that. Oh, man. So the real main talking point coming out of All Out this past weekend was... What happened after the world title match? So the elite are in the ring, and Kenny Omega is, you know, he's saying that nobody's on his level. The only people who can beat him are people who are not here, retired, or who are already dead. Lights go out, and here comes Adam Cole, baby. Now, we knew for a while that Adam Cole was most likely going to be your signing with AEW. Um, we had a feeling that's going to be happening because he let his contract expire with WWE. Uh, he didn't know it was expiring. WWE didn't know it was expiring. Neither. That's interesting to say that neither side knew that it was expiring. Um, and he just came like you know he had the biggest smile on his face and you know the Adam Cole baby in Chicago, the full capacity crowd doing it. You think Cole's going to square up and then he kicks Jungle Boy in the face. And I love what Omega is like in the words of the famous Steve Urkel. Did I do that? Saying like, oh, this guy's one of our best friends. You really think he's going to be fighting against us? Then gives the microphone to Cole. Like, Who's ready for story time with Adam Cole, baby? I'm just so over the moon that Adam Cole is an AEW. Um, and then we get over to the next part where they're trying to close the show. And in comes, just when you think it doesn't get any better, in comes Brian Danielson, the former Daniel Bryan, coming down to the ring, squaring off against Kenny Omega and the Elite. Helping up Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus, Christian Cage, and they're all fighting the Elite, and they stand tall at the end of the pay-per-view. So, in this show, AEW has been able, within the past few weeks, been able to get... Three of the biggest indie darlings in wrestling history and Ring of Honor and, you know, WWE, like, all these guys, Adam Cole, Brian Danielson, CM Punk, all in the same company, along with the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, John Moxley, Miro, Eddie Kingston, Britt Baker, Ruby Soho, MJF, Chris Jericho, Darby Allen, Malachi Black, 
you know, the, the list goes on and on and on with all the great talent that they have. And it's just made wrestling great again. It's made it fun. It's It's been... It's great to be a wrestling fan again because with so many of us have felt for so long this is just unbearable. And it's it's just it's we're doing it because you know it's it's the mode of being a wrestling fan, but like but wrestling can be fun again. It can be. AEW proved it can be fun again. And I am just so happy that just like I said in the start of this thing, I'm so happy to be a fan again of wrestling just and be proud to say it. It's like, uh, you know, for a lot of long time, just like, oh, yeah, I'm a wrestling fan. It is what it is. I'm just going. No. And I can say, yeah, I'm a wrestling fan. And I'm proud of that fact. People were saying that coming out of this show that they thought this was the best wrestling show since WrestleMania X7. And I, I, I don't know if I don't know if I agree to that. Maybe. But. It's definitely up there as one of my favorite wrestling shows of all time. WrestleMania X7, I have said, and many have said, like, is the perfect wrestling pay-per-view from start to finish. This is up there. It, it, it is up there. Like, maybe with the exception of Paul White versus QT Marshall, I would have to say it's up there. I just really wish Pac and Andrade was still on this card, and unfortunately it wasn't. But had Pac and Andrade been on this card, oh, man, like <laughs> the show would have been even better. So given AEW Dynamite as far as a rating, a 10 out of 10. Sorry, AEW All Out 2021, 10 out of fucking 10. 11 out of 10, man. Just amazing. Which I'll bring to my next few points here. I'll talk real quickly about this as far as, you know, AEW is, you know, the show is historic for sure. It was an amazing show, and every fan who watched it, I think, got their money's worth. Who was there in attendance, who ordered the pay-per-view like myself, got their money's worth. I had put a poll on uh, our Twitter page, at TNAWP on Twitter. And I wanted to know what you guys thought of the show. And I gave the options of what did you think of AEW All Out? The options I gave you were AEW is the best, 26% of the vote. I love pro wrestling at 29% of the vote. Cole and Danielson? Question mark. 10% of the vote. And finally... The last uh, choice I gave you, WWE is fucked. Thank you all so much who who voted, and I appreciate you guys for, for doing so. But let's talk about that for a minute. Courtesy of the 434, or the, four, the 434 uh, Facebook page I follow, it showed the landscape of the main event level talent on Raw, SmackDown, and AEW. Let me go through real quickly the... Just... I'll start with WWE first. On Raw, Bobby Lashley, Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton, Matt Riddle, Sheamus, AJ Styles, Damian Priest, Jeff Hardy, and Goldberg. 
Now, I don't even know if you can consider Jeff Hardy to be on there, considering he was in the 24-7 hunt this past week. And then the SmackDown side. Roman Reigns, Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, Happy Corbin, Edge, Seth Rollins, Rey Mysterio, Shinsuke Nakamura, Brock Lesnar, and John Cena. That is 3, 6, 9, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. Yeah, 3, 6, 3, 6, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19 guys collectively as far as big top-level talent. I would throw Big E in there as well. He, he's kind of mixed it up with the main event scene as well. I'd throw Big E in there, so like 20 guys. Then you look at the grand scheme of guys of, of real top-level talent in AEW. Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho, John Moxley, Cody Rhodes, CM Punk, Brian Danielson, Adam Cole, Malachi Black, Hangman Page, MJF, Christian Cage, Darby Allen, Miro, Pack, Andrade Elidolo, Sting, and Paul White. Paul White. I don't know if I'd throw Paul White as far as top-level talent. Big Show's great. I love Big Show, but that is my point. AEW has been able to not only capitalize on these wrestlers who have a huge following, who had a huge following before they got to AEW, but they've been able to help bring up, to, to help make talent and that they've been able to help build talent and to make them feel like homegrown guys. WWE has not been able to do that for a long time. I haven't felt this way about a, a wrestling pay-per-view in so long. And I haven't really felt this way about a WWE, a main, I should say, a main roster WWE pay-per-view. Because I'm not going to throw NXT in there because NXT has made me feel this way before. A main roster WWE pay-per-view has not made me feel this way about pro wrestling in years, probably not since I was a kid. Probably not, you know. May like, I I would say Money in the Bank 2011 is a great pay per view as well. That's one of the, another all time great WWE pay per view. But if I'm thinking about it, maybe like WrestleMania X Seven or, you know, when I was a kid watching the WrestleManias like WrestleMania 23 or 24, the early WrestleManias I would watch. I haven't felt that way about a pay-per-view like this in, in, in a very long time. So Nick Foley said, you know, WWE has a problem. And they he laid it all out. He's like, you know, AEW has been able to really capitalize and use their, like I said, their, their big-name guys and homegrown talent and, and with great storylines and really making these guys feel good, look good, and be future stars and key players for years to come. And he also said that the WWE is not capitalizing on that. You know, watering down, literally saying, watering down Karrion Cross and just stripping him away of what makes him great. So he said, WWE, you've got a problem. They do have a problem. And there is one key thing that Mick Foley said in this video. WWE is no Longer, officially now, no longer the be all end all place wrestlers, young wrestlers aspire to be. Because why would you risk your career, your name value, 
You, because imagine you're you're a guy in the or girl in the indie scene, and you've spent years in the indies honing your craft, making sure that you connect with people, that you build up a name for yourself. You sign to NXT. You do pretty well in NXT. You get some takeover matches. Maybe you win a championship here and there. Get a title run. You get in some big main main event level profile story uh, storylines, and then you get to the main roster. Then you get to Raw or SmackDown, and the writers and the creative team on Raw and SmackDown completely disregard who you were as a character, who you were down there. They're not even paying attention. We've seen it time in and time out. Karrion Cross is the most recent. We've seen it with Bailey. We've seen it with uh, the revival. We've seen it with Enzo and Cass. We've seen it so much. Like now, some of these names that I've mentioned have had success. Don't get me wrong. Like Bailey was a huge turnaround when she turned heel. It really saved her career, and I think it's some of the best work she's ever done. But you can't tell me that Bailey, the you know that. White meat baby face. Yes, Bailey's Bailey was a white meat baby face in NXT, but it but she I've said a bunch of times about Bailey that Bailey was an ass kicker, okay? She was an ass kicker. Sure, she loved hugging people, she loved she's a lovable character, but it didn't mean when push came to shove that she couldn't get the job done in the ring. And she could. Her matches in NXT proved that. That she was one of the best wrestlers. May I mean, I mean NXT Bailey is still my favorite version of Bailey, and still one of my favorite wrestlers out of NXT. And my favorite match I've seen live to this day is still probably Bailey versus Sasha at NXT Takeover Brooklyn One. So you can't tell me that that didn't work. It worked there. Why can't it work here, sir? Some things might not work on the main roster, but if you put the time and the effort for it to work, it can work. So that I don't understand. You have zero excuse to show why you favor some wrestlers and you're not being able and you're not pushing others. I mean giving Charlotte Flair a title run again for fuck's sake and potentially giving Alexa Bliss a title run. Look, nothing against Alexa Bliss. Uh you know, I I'm not crazy about the Alexa Bliss character these days, but I like Alexa Bliss. I've always been a fan of Alexa Bliss. I mean, maybe is was this the build to Alexa Bliss as a champion? Okay, we'll see how it goes. But all that you know to give it to Charlotte, I just you know the and giving the Nikki Ash the the Money in the Bank briefcase was a waste. You know, you could have given that to anybody else, literally anybody else, and it's wasted. The Money in the Bank. Even the money of the bank match feels like an afterthought these days. So it is a huge problem when you have collective when you have collectively some of the best wrestlers in the world in your company and you can't put on the product that AEW is putting on. AEW is letting wrestlers be wrestlers. They're letting them be creative. They're letting them cut their own promos. They're letting them go out there and work the style that brought them to the dance. Because why wouldn't you do that? Why are you going to take a guy like Keith Lee who was in his name, limitless, and could do anything for a big man, and yet you want to make him work like a WWE big man. What's wrong with you? What the fuck is wrong with you?
You don't need to do that. That's what doesn't make any sense to me. That's why I think WWE is truly fucked. And why I also truly think that sooner or later they're preparing for a sale. And that Vince is trying to sell the company. I just, I don't know. It just doesn't seem right. But now, I'm if I was a wrestler, AEW is the place where I want to be. That is the be-all, end-all to me. That would be my goal. Like I'm sure so many other wrestlers that their goal is. Wrestlers who I've had on the podcast before. You know, Philly Mike Swanson said it last week. He says he his main goal would be to go to AEW. Mike Verna, Man of Steel, he has said that his main goal would be to go to AEW. He's worked in AEW. He he said you know he worked AEW Dark. So he and he said he had to me in the podcast over a year ago that he has more friends in AEW than he does in WWE. And that it just that it seems just better there. Even you don't have to be a wrestler to know. You can just be a fan and just take a look and see, wow, they look like they're having fun. CM Punk looked like he was having fun. The Young Bucks look like they're having fun. The Lucha Bros. Dan, uh, Brian, Daniel Bryan. Gotta get used to that. Brian Danielson. Jungle Boy. The uh, uh, Christian Cage. Adam Cole. They, they all seem like they're having fun. And when I look at a lot of people on WWE these days, they don't look like they're having fun. Most of them. One who I don't think is having fun, probably not for a while, and just kind of going with the motions is Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens is another guy who could possibly jump ship. Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful, he um, he said that Kevin Owens' contract is going to be up in January of 2022. Apparently his contract was uh, renegotiated or was adjusted because he was originally supposed to be done until 2023. Now apparently he's done until 2022. That's only four months away. It's crazy to think. But I'll tell you, as much as I would love to see Kevin Owens or Kevin Steen, I guess. He'd go back to being Kevin Steen in AEW. He he recently tweeted and put up the coordinates for Mount Rushmore. He deleted the tweet. He put up on his location on Twitter as almost there. The Young Bucks changed their Twitter to uh, Twitter location to there. So, for those of you who are unaware, the Young Bucks, Kevin Owens, and Adam Cole and PWG formed a faction called Mount Rushmore. Kevin Owens cut this this one of the best promos of his of his career. Definitely go on go on YouTube and check it out. Just type just type in Mount Rushmore promo PWG or Kevin Steen, Kevin Owens, Young Bucks, Adam Cole, and they were a Great stable on the indies. You know, the Bucks were PWG tag champions. Adam Cole was the PWG world champion. And Cole and Owens had their little feud in PWG. And, you know, he says, you, one of my favorite parts of the, of the of the whole promo is he looks at Cole and just points to them. He's like, you, I don't like you. I hate you. You're a piece. Of, you are a real piece of shit. But I'm a piece of shit. And I can appreciate other pieces of shit so now i got your goddamn back <laughs> he's just great man he's just so great 
I mean, we can we can sit here and talk about all the great matches we'd love to see Kevin Steen AEW have. You know, Kevin Steen versus Adam Cole. Kevin Steen and Adam Cole versus the Young Bucks. Kevin Steen versus Kenny Omega. Uh, CM Punk. You know, Darby Allen. Uh, you know, Pac. I don't know. Actually, I think he probably had some matches with, with him as Neville. But still, Pac these days of how he is. You know, Phoenix and... Uh, and uh, Pentagon, you know, it, Hangman Page, you know, rekindle the thing with Chris Jericho, Christian Cage, uh, just so many guys. Even even Cody, there's a there's a there's a friendship with Cody that that Kevin Owens has because when when Cody Rhodes left WWE, uh, the Young Bucks said that Kevin Owens contacted them and he said, hey, you know, Cody's going on the Independence now. Like I I. Can you guys like reach out to him and look after him? And Kevin Owens is the one who led the Olive Branch to to Cody Rhodes and the young uh, and the Young Bucks to become friends. And who knows if Ke- if Kevin Owens hadn't done that, maybe we wouldn't have AEW. I mean, it's possibly we could still have AEW, but but still. But I think most importantly, for WWE's sake, Kevin Owens cannot go to AEW. Now, I'll explain my reasonings. Now, don't just sit there and be like, oh, what, CJ, what are you doing? He should go to AEW. He should go back to being Kevin Steen. Yeah, I, I, I agree. It would be great, you know, the, the chains being off. He can be Kevin Steen. He doesn't have to be a watered-down version. He can, you know, he can cut the promos he wants to, has the matches he wants to. Believe me, I, I agree. But one thing also you don't want to do is you don't want all these other guys from other companies coming into AEW and then possibly getting a WCW effect. Now, I'm not saying that that's going to happen because AEW has for sure prioritized the younger talent and have put a big spotlight on them. But you also don't want to make it seem like all your guys are from our ex-WWE or whatever. You know, because what WWE needs to do is they need to do what AEW is doing. Competition brings out the best in you, in your product. We saw that with the Monday Night Wars with Nitro and Raw back in the day. And for anybody who truly doesn't think that AEW is a competition to WWE at this point, you need to get your fucking head examined. Because when you got all the names I mentioned earlier... When you when you when you have Punk Cole and Danielson in your sh- in your company all in one night, you bet your fucking ass they are competition. They got Adam Cole, who was like just it was random that they got him, but he's there. They got CM Punk to come out of retirement after seven years, and he's there. They got Brian Danielson to make a very 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 tough decision to leave WWE. To leave people who are there, who he, her friends who he considers family. His actual family. John Laurinaitis is his father-in-law, and he's the head of talent relations. You know, Nikki and Brie Bella, they're, they're still ambassadors to the company. That's his wife and sister-in-law. So, that is still, it was a very tough decision. I think even Brian was saying that Vince was willing to let Brian do other things outside of WWE. But... Obviously, AEW's call was was stronger. The fact of the matter is, 
they got to let guys like Kevin Owens you can't you can't just treat I'll give an example. Roman Reigns is the best thing going on in WWE right now. I've said it a bunch of times. But you have to but they are obviously I I would think they're giving Roman a hell of a lot of creative freedom. You have to do that with the rest of your talent. You have to do that with Kevin Owens, Finn Balor. Uh, I don't know if they do it with with Seth Rollins, but you have to do it with everybody. Orton, Riddle, uh, Styles, Lashley, McIntyre. That you have to. You have to allow that, and you have to treat these NXT guys like Karrion Cross and Keith Lee, and among others, you have to treat them like they're a big deal. Don't make Karrion Cross looks like he's part of the fucking leather sex dodgeball team from Dodgeball or coming out of a shitty Mad Max movie. Don't stifle Keith Lee because he's not a proto- prototypical big man of WWE. He's better than that. You want your guys and your girls to stand out. You can't have everybody be vanilla. Vanilla is fine when I'm going to the ice cream store. But what if I don't want vanilla? What if I want chocolate? What if I want uh, strawberry? What if I want uh, orange sherbet? What if I want pistachio? What if I want Rocky Road? Uh, you know, coffee flavor, chocolate mousse. I, you know, there's a different variety of things. Wrestling should be a variety of stuff. You don't have to like everything. You don't. You don't have to be that fan that likes everything. Like... You know, Nate when was over here watching All Out the other night. He hates Marco Stunt. He hates Marco Stunt, and he thinks he's he is so annoying. I don't mind Marco Stunt, but I don't hate Marco Stunt either. You know, there's I, I can't I don't like QT Marshall, but but a lot of people don't. I've been turned off by a lot of things Cody Rhodes has done the past several months. But it doesn't mean that I don't like wrestling. It doesn't mean, like, if everything feels like it's the same, then everything is the same and nothing is going to stand out. It's easy for, like, Roman Reigns may be doing the career, but the, the work of his career, but it's really easy for him to stand out when you're, when he's the only one you're letting him go with, and you, with this character. It's very easy for him to stand out. Whereas, whereas AEW, there are a ton of guys who stand out just for just for letting them be themselves. You know, MJF in particular stands out because he's an amazing fucking promo, and I want to see him have fucking promos with CM Punk so badly, and I cannot wait for that. But overall, WWE does have a problem, and if they don't fix it soon, it's only going to get worse. Speaking of WWE. I really quickly want to give a uh, a uh, speedy recovery to Triple H, who had a heart surgery, uh, had a heart attack recently, or a cardiac event, as they called it. Um, it's very, very scary. Um, you know, Triple H is one of my favorite wrestlers growing up as a kid, and you never wish harm upon anybody. And glad to see that he's doing okay. It, it, it could be the reason as to why, because there were reports in that Vince missed Raw on Monday. That could be the reason why. Um, but I'm glad to hear Triple H is okay. I was texting with Sean saying, like, I hope this isn't stress-induced, and I hope it doesn't have to do with uh, the whole thing with NXT. I hope it's not that. And 
we here at the podcast wish Triple H a speedy recovery and hope to see him back getting back to work as soon as possible and as safely and healthily. Healthily, you know what I mean, as possible. Um, and real quickly, Osprey and uh, and Omega giving some teases to each other. If you didn't see this this week, so um, the PW Illustrated, uh, Pro Wrestling Illustrated, has uh, announced their top ten wrestlers for uh, for twenty twenty one. This list is from, consisted from. July 1st of 2022, June 30th of 2021. Coming in at number 10, Rich Swan. Number 9, Shingo Takagi. Number 8, Finn Balor. 7, Will Ospreay. 6, John Moxley. 5, Kota Ibushi. 4, Drew McIntyre. 3, Bobby Lashley. 2, Roman Reigns. And 1, number 1, Kenny Omega. Now, for those of you who are unfamiliar with the, the PWI list and rankings, um... It is a list that is based off of in-ring skill and and you know promo work and all this other stuff, but also heavily influenced by kayfabe, considering why we have um, Roman and I mean Roman and Kenny are I, those make the most sense at the top, um, you know also like Rich Swan you know Rich Swan was Impact World Champion for a while you know and having that that match with. Uh, with Kenny Omega for when he won all the belts. You know, um, this led to Will Ospreay saying, I'd beat up number one any day of the week and twice on Wednesdays, dot, dot, dot. Just saying. Kenny Omega responds to this and says, Your promotion has been so ice cold since I left that not even Meltzer can convince his followers that you were, that you were part of any best-in-the-world conversation. It hurts me, bruv. He says, bruv, not bruh. One of you dorks should have been the guy. Turned out a bigger dog was my only competition. <laughs> so where Osprey response says, last chat we had was, quote, you need to be the guy. Since then, you left. We sold out MSG, sold more tickets at the Tokyo Dome than ever before, and put together banger after banger. A pandemic put the brakes on, and you know it. Open that door. Let's have this conversation. Now, Osprey is correct as far as the MSG thing, um, but but it's but it's because everyone thought Cody Rhodes, the Young Bucks, and everyone was going to be there. Yeah, that's the reason why. Because they thought the Elite were going to be there, the Bullet the, the Bullet Club Elite was going to be there, and they weren't. They were forming AEW. They were too busy. But obviously, this is leading. This was leading to a future match between Omega and Osprey. To have the match with that, with the level that Osprey is on right now, and the level that Kenny Omega is on right now, would be incredible. To me, like Will Osprey was best wrestler in the world in 2019. Like he was the best wrestler. He was having the best matches with literally everybody he got in the ring with. My favorite match he had that year and just favorite match he's had ever is him versus Shingo Takagi at at the best of the Super Juniors final 2019 amazing fucking match and it's just more teasing man it's it's more teasing of what's to come what can come and I think Osprey should be should be coming to AEW soon because we need to see more people coming into AEW man we need to see more of this forbidden door shit 
Real quickly, I'll go into a bit of uh, my my review of Dynamite this past week. Um, it was a lot of fun. Particularly, I love the elite segment where Adam Cole came in and he just stared down Tony Schiavone and says, "Like you, now I know you and Britt Baker are close, but if you ever look at her the wrong way, I will smack those glasses off your stupid face. Do you understand me? Get the hell out of our ring, you dork, you nerd." You know, Kenny coming into the ring, um, uh, just saying, like, you know, I want to have celebration because last time we were interrupted, and I hate interruptions, and then comes Brian Danielson. The rest of the elite go away, and Danielson comes in, and, and Kenny says, like, look, Brian, and grabs a microphone out of his hand. He's like, Does, do you people want to see Kenny Omega? Say, Brian Danielson, ah, fight Kenny Omega. And he's like, oh, he's already saying that it doesn't work. That's that's not how it works around here. I thought you were the greatest wrestler of alive, the greatest wrestler of all time. It's you just think you honestly, you're just afraid because you're not on my level. And you know I can beat you. And he put him in in the yes lock. I guess they'll call it the LaBelle lock again. I guess they can't call it the yes lock. And Kenny tapped immediately. <laughs> Which was awesome. Uh I I think they're probably going to do that match at the um, at the New York show in Queens. I think they're going to do that there. Uh, we saw some. I, I mean, I don't know if the title will be on the line, but it'd be nice. We saw some turmoil between uh, Dark Order. We saw um, Malachi Black beat Dustin Rhodes to where we're getting Malachi versus Cody again. Um, I'm afraid for Malachi Black, dude. I'm. Uh, I am afraid. I just uh, I don't want him to lose to Cody. I just want a quick black mask of the face when the, once the bell rings. One, two, three. Malachi Black wins, and then Cody Rhodes can go on to other other things. Um, what else happened on this show? We also got uh, a little backstage confrontation between Ruby Soho and Brit Doctor Britt Baker. Ruby says that her and Britt knew each other for a long time and that she actually mentored her. And Britt said that you should just go back to catering uh, where, you, where you've been in catering for the past four years. Um, I will go back to some of the rest of the stuff that happened on the show real quickly. Um, Got to talk about the MJF promo. Like, holy shit, that MJF promo. You know, he was berating everybody. Uh, we had uh, Brian Pillman's aunt in the uh, in the crowd, uh, along with his sister, uh, his junior Brian from Junior's aunt and his sister in the crowd, he said that MJF is upset. He claims that Chris Jericho he defeated Chris Jericho clean in the middle of the ring when the match was restarted to a bias against him, and he calls Cincinnati a bunch of dumpster fire. The Midwest tells everyone to jump on the guardrails so we can attack them, so we can beat them up, so we can beat their ass. MJF mocked Brian Pillman's sister, Junior's sister. Uh, Pillman Jr. comes out and says that he's in the city that breeds badasses like his father and John Moxley. And MJF says it's a shame his drug-addicted mother couldn't have birthed a number of possible second-generation wrestlers and end up instead instead of swallowing. And he's called her Methany instead of Melanie. And uh, Pillman and MJF get into a brawl. Griff Garrison comes out, but they're taken down by MJF and Wardlow. One thing I really, really, really enjoyed about this segment was... How pissed off MJF was getting at Wardlow. Wardlow was standing in the way of Pillman Jr. to get the Pillman to get in the way so he wouldn't get in front of MJF. And it's like, oh, Wardlow, are you trying to help me out there, buddy? Like you did on Sunday? 
Like just move, just move out of the way. Go look, go in that corner, and do what you're best at, and looking pretty. And you know that's when they got to the 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 they said they should have. I sh- I'm gonna do I sh- to do what your mother should have had, and that's abort. And <laughs> it was nice. And then Wardlow was taking his time getting to uh, get Pillman Jr. off of MJF. Now, we saw a very subtle tease last year. I don't know for those of you who recognized it. But when MJF was shooting with John Moxley for the world title, and MJF was beating up Moxley right in that shot where MJF has the world title in his hands, he's raising it. Wardlow was staring at the title for a bit, being like, ooh, I want this. I think they're planting seeds for Wardlow and an MJF feud in the near future. And I'm thinking Wardlow could possibly leave the pinnacle. Because they showed it right now. AEW does a great job at this stuff, man. They plant the little seeds. And they make you want to come back for more. And I think maybe sometime next year. We could be getting that MJF and Wardlow feud. Which should be really good. And real quickly, we're going to talk about the... Uh, we're going to talk about CM Punk here. i got to talk about CM Punk. So CM Punk's promo, he was saying how that... He thanks Darby Allen, he thanks Sting, and he wonders what's next for him. And he's saying, like, so what's next for CM Punk? People chanting Moxley, people chanting Brian Danielson, people are chanting for, you know, uh, Jungle Boy, and who else? Like, you know, uh, Adam Cole, I think I heard. And then Taz was getting mad in commentary. Now, I missed, kind of missed what happened. I don't know why Excalibur wasn't here this week. But he was getting mad and just saying that, you know, don't bring up any of the members of Team Taz. He's like, I wasn't bringing up any of the members of Team Taz. You know, it's like, it's like you just you have in interviews and this and that. and So the promo segment was good and Punk just, just being happy that he is able to wrestle again. And his, you know, AJ Lee's real life wife was saying, you know, so what's next? He's like, I don't know what's next. And that's where he prompted the crowd to say, you know, who is, who's next for CM Punk. He's like, well, I'll tell you what, bring out Starks. Bring out Hook, bring out Powerhouse Hobbs, and Taz says he's uh, he, he's heard him talk about Punk, you know, Starks and Hobbs interviews needs to stop. Punk tells uh, all those guys. He says, send Starks, Hook, and Hobbs, and he says to all of you, beat me if you can, survive. If I let you, that is Taz's one of Taz's signature signature lines, and it appears that CM Punk's probably going to be doing a TV feud with um, I'd have to say with with Team Taz. Um, I mean, hey man, pow- Powerhouse Hobbs and and Ricky Starks are two really great wrestlers. I'm big fans of their work. So if this leads to Punk matches with Powerhouse Hobbs and Punk matches with Ricky Starks, hey man, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. And finally, the the show closed with um, with John Moxley versus Minoru Suzuki in Cincinnati, and it was just a fun show. It was a fun like ten twelve minute match. And uh, oh yeah, I didn't even talk about Minoru Suzuki <laughs> showing up at uh, at a uh, All Out as as a surprise. It was dude, it just the show was so great. There was so much going on this week, and I love pro wrestling, man. I can't fucking wait until my show for for Dynamite next week, where I'm going with with my buddy with. With my boys, with Sean, my buddy Sean, and our and our boys Stiggy and George, we're we're super super fucking excited. And I haven't seen Sean in like 
fuck, man, like over a year or so. I haven't seen him in so long. A lot of these guys I haven't seen in so long. So it's going to be great and a lot of fun. Um, I'm just gonna, I think I'm going to cap it off here, people. Had a long day at work, and I'm going to... I'm going to cap it off here. So anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Not in the Wrestling Podcast. Please be sure to be following us on Twitter at T-N-A-W-P. That is T-N-A-W-P. On Instagram at the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Uh, please be sure to be following uh, on those social media platforms. Please be sure to be listening to us on your favorite podcast app, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, uh, Stitcher, wherever you can find us. Leave us a five-star review. Share us with your friends. Let us know everything. Uh, that you like about the podcast and you don't like about the podcast. Um, please be sure to be following us on Twitter for those polls. I put out those polls just about every single day, and I will read them on the podcast here for your results. Uh, thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the Not on the Wrestling Podcast. If you'd like to follow me on my social medias, my Twitter is at CJ underscore 1214, and my Instagram is at CJ underscore 1293. So, guys, thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the Not on the Wrestling Podcast. Go on know what was your favorite part of AEW? Uh, who is your favorite AEW wrestler? What was your favorite part of All Out? I want to know. Follow us on TNAWP at Twitter. Thank you so much for listening to the... Thank you so much. <laughs> Long fucking day, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. I've been CJ Palmasano, and I'll see you next time.